Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to It Never Gets Old. A first-hand account of all things secondhand, resale, vintage, thrift, and sustainable because the future of fashion is nothing new. I am your host, Meredith Feynman, the author of the new book, Brag Better, Master the Art of Fearless Self-Promotion. And I'm joined by my bestie in the Westie, Sarah Lane. It has been a minute. It really has, Meredith. I've missed you. It's been a little cray cray up here in northern california we've got some fires this happens every year now we're all trying to get used to it but it sucks but yeah we're back and i'm happy to be here yeah around this time last year we pet i had to post like a quickie update that like you were in a fire situation so i i mean you know climate change is real it's just a hard time it's it's right Right. I you know, know it's listen. It's one, it's one of the it's there's only so much where you're like, are you actually piling on climate change on top of the fact that like I lost my N95 mask and I have to go. So, you know, it's it's you just get to a certain point where you're like, OK, yeah, I've hit. I think we've all hit a collective point. You know, when COVID hit, we were sort of shocked and then got used to it and then enervated by the idea that we would be out you know, initial forecasts were July and then they got pushed to December and then they got pushed to next year. And I feel like everyone I know, we're just hitting a wall. It's been six months. It's really hard. As it relates to it never gets old, I really miss going into secondhand stores, though I have done it some safely. Please be social distancing and wearing a mask. But I think a lot of things are changing in how we wear clothing too. So it's a very interesting time to have a fashion and retail and sustainability podcast that is really looking into all of that at the same at the same time but like shout out to never gets old listeners you know we don't see you but we see you and <laughs> i can tell you that it's been hard it's hard you know i put a book out during this time i just moved sarah's looking at my new background which doesn't have any of my art up yet which it will let's talk about something nice let's do it let's do a treat quick treat sarah what are you treating yourself to this week well okay so i mentioned fires um and i was evacuated from my house cuz i'm in i i'm in a redwood area and it was 
line of fire for a week. And it's a week too long, right? But my mother lives not that far from me, and she uh, is, was not in a fire zone. And so I had, like, a great place to go and be safe and bring my animals to. And, you know, it, it, was, it was no drama. Um, and I am extremely thankful for that. That said, <laughs> after a week, I was ready to come home. Like the moment I got the, the, uh, the Nixle, Nixle is like what they ping your phone with being like, here's the new sheriff's update kind of thing. As soon as I got that, I was like, my zone is open. I'm out. And I came home and then I sort of like walked in my house. My house smelled like barbecue. To clarify, it's kind of weird. Sarah's home smelled like barbecue because of the fire. Yes, not yes. Because of someone cooking. No, 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 no. Literally, like f- because of f- leaves burning, and yeah, I was like, ugh, everything in here is just like yucky. So I went to the nearest grocery store. I called them beforehand. I'm like, are you guys open? And she was like, we literally just opened like five minutes ago. And I'm like, be there in a flash. And they have a somewhat good deli. And I bought like a like a pound of pasta salad. Mm. When I got it, they were like, what, you know, what size do you want? You know, in the container. And I was like, give, huge. give me the I biggest one. Give me the biggest one. Yeah. You know, Cause yeah. In my mind, I was like, Oh, that just looks like a really nice side. I ate the entire thing in one sitting. Cause once I got started, I was like, this is just the best. I don't care that it's pasta. And I, what was in it? It was like pasta and artichoke hearts and olives and, I don't know, green onions and probably some maybe cucumbers. It was just like... This is very... It's very Sarah Lane. So like our (laughs) treats, if you're new to the podcast, we have an entire backlog since April of 2019. Sarah leans very carby and savory for her treats. I lean (laughs) sugar and purchases. Um, So my, my treat... So... I really just sort of hit a wall. So I went and got my hair done, which was really nice. And I was careful about it. I hadn't been in a salon in a long time. So that felt really nice. And then also, if you, I mean, I would hope it makes me very upset when people are not. Wherever you go to the drugstore, please become a member so that you get coupons and can use them. Um, But if you are a CVS you know, club member, you get something called extra bucks sometimes, which is like adult Dave and Busters. And you get just like free money sometimes. I mean, it's not free money. You're spending all of your money there, but sometimes they're like, here's a few monies back. So it's like, you know, fake Dave and Buster ticket money. And I got like $7 in extra bucks and I had just bought all this stuff. And I was like, well, can we just like return some of the stuff and apply it? And she was like, no. And I was like, okay, fair. I'm being annoying. So instead what I did was I picked out one of like the front row candy because all candy bags are so big now, but like in the front of a CVS, they have all the small sizes of candy bags. So I picked out one of every kind of M&M and that's what I got for $7. And then I walked home and had like, I sampled each one. And I can tell you the new crunchy mint one is quite good. It's basically like a thin mint uh, M&M. And peanut butter ones are excellent. Peanut ones, fine. Regular, fine. Um, I also tried a fudge brownie M&M. And <laughs> And that was also good. So so that's just what I needed as I like cried on my walk home because we're in a global pandemic and it's hard right now. Um, and I feel very, very lucky for many, many reasons. And I'm sure it's hard for all of you too. So hopefully you get a little bit of solace in our podcast. And today we've done lots of different brand deep dives. We are going for a classic Prada. 
Sarah, what are your memories of Prada? Uh, Prada was, well, I mean, when I was younger, Prada was around and it was the sort of thing that I saw in a Vogue magazine. Prada was not a thing that I could buy on any level. But I, I'm very into their sunglasses. In fact, one of my favorite sunnies, because I'm, I, I lose sunglasses very easily. One of my most favorite pair of sunglasses that I just never have lost are these like cute cat Prada sunglasses, and uh, I love them more than anything in this world. Okay, interesting. So I love that. Also, if you're a millennial and maybe you loved a little movie that we all loved, Ten Things I Hate About You. I think the first time I had ever heard of Prada is a line that maybe we can clip and insert in here, which is where Bianca Stratford, who is the spoiled younger sister of Kat Stratford and the object of Cameron's affection, uh, is walking around with Gabrielle Union in an iconic role. That that movie came out in like mm, 2000. I don't know. I watch it all the time. And she talks about loving her Prada backpack. And I didn't know what a Prada backpack was, but Prada is an iconic brand that we'll get into. It is best known for its nylon, and I am seeing it make a huge resurgence. I think for two reasons. One, that nostalgia is very real. If you have, and I'll get into this in a little bit, if you have some of the real classic Prada bags, people are paying a lot of money for them. It used to be that Prada's resale value, at least of handbags, was pretty low, and it's increasing. There's that nostalgia factor, but also I think everyone is just over all of the stuff, all of the Gucci, all of the bells and whistles and maximalism. And then, you know, it looped around to Balenciaga, which I had talked about. And then I think we're we're back at Prada. Well, okay. So for anybody who's sort of like, how is Prada like minimalist when others are not? Like, why is it different? Yeah, so Prada is and always has been known, which I'll get into its history, which I was reading about, which is it has a very, very long one. I think longer than any of the other ones we've spoken about. Um, and if you go back and listen, we did Hermes, we did Louis Vuitton, we did Chanel, Celine. Celine. Did we do Dolce & Gabbana yet? Not yet. Okay, we got to do Dolce & Gabbana. <laughs> yeah, it's... Prada is known for its nylon, not its leather, um, and its sort of utilitarian vibe. It's still a luxury brand, but it's interesting. I think particularly with certain like Instagram influencers that they've done a good job with, that sort of utilitarian nylon, which is actually really interesting, the history of the nylon I was reading about, which I'll tell you all about, it just wasn't as expensive. It was still very expensive at the time and still is very expensive. I mean, obviously I am never advocating that you buy something retail. This is a resale podcast and I will tell you how to get all the good Prada deals. Um, but, but because it wasn't leather and they weren't known for their leather, they also are sort of indestructible. They're kind of great bags. And it's funny, like looping back to 10 things I hate about you. I forget where I was. I just moved. I'm like all over the place. Luckily, there's like a bed bath and a Target right near me. I've been to every every single day and using all my coupons at Bed Bath & Beyond. And there was a girl with a black Prada backpack. And I was like, do I want a Prada backpack? <laughs> Maybe I also can love my Prada backpack. Have you ever owned a Prada bag, Sarah? No, but I know what you're talking about. When you say nylon, I'm like, totally get it. It was a thing. And maybe it is now. Again, resurgence happens all the time. Prada backpacks, you'd be like, okay, 
Uh, I see you. You're trendy. You're, you know, you you paid for that. Well, in the iconic little triangle, I mean, Prada used to be the most faked thing it, because it was so, so popular. I remember, you know, looking on Canal Street in like the aughts and, you know, it's a triangle. Um, it's not that hard to copy, especially because it's also nylon, not leather, which is easier to fake, which we can talk about that in a second, but it's just not as faked anymore. But, but I do think... The like bucket hat look, the 2000s, 90s look is so popular, particularly among Generation Z, that it has exploded. Those bags from the 90s and 2000s, the classic Prada bags, have exploded. I've been watching on eBay and other resellers. It's now sort of like a hype beastie thing, which I think is really funny. So we'll get into like the buying and the selling. I have only had one Prada bag. It was green and it was like sort of a messenger bag. They're totally indestructible. I don't think I ended up selling it. I gave it to a friend. Yeah, I gave it to a friend. I know exactly which friend I gave it to, which is what I do when I can't get any money for it. And I know someone will really enjoy it. Shout out Nisha. I think she still has my green Prada bag. Um, But let's talk about the history. Okay, so like most of the brands we've gone into in fashion brands, which before It Never Gets Old started, I never really looked into the history of many of these brands and didn't know things that like, you know, Coco Chanel was a Nazi. But that's besides the point. Um, so, So this was founded in 1913, which is really, really early, by Mario Prada and his brother Martino as leather goods. Fratelli Prada in Milan. The Italian fashion houses are... Earlier, I think we talked about uh, Fendi being an Italian fashion house, too, and just getting started earlier. The Italians really are the epicenter of fashion and handbags. Um, But it was animal goods, like so many of the stuff where, you know, you rode your horses around. There wasn't a car. It's like, hey, I want a cute. Can I get like a cute saddle for my horse? Like, I want a new saddle and steamer trunks and handbags. And then I really love this part. Mario Prada did not, I'm reading from Wikipedia, did not believe that women should have a role in business. So he prevented female family members from entering his company. And that's cool. That's, I mean, that's garbage. It's, I mean, what's so funny about it is Muccia Prada, who is basically the reason why Prada exists, who I guess is his grandniece. Okay. Um, okay. Because that, um, no, it, that's his, the only granddaughter Prada that I, I, I was assumed yes, of that course. that's who. So yeah. his, his granddaughter, yes, Prada exists because of women. And, you know, a lot of people don't like women working sometimes and holding power. And that's silly because the reason why Prada exists and Prada has is a multi-billion dollar brand is because of women. So Mario started this and he was like, no women. But his son was like, I don't give a fuck about fashion. So the, his daughter took the helm. She was like, excuse me, dad, I care about fashion. You want to keep it in the family? Like I'm going to do this. And then her daughter is Muccia Prada, who joined the company in 1970. Oh, dang. She's been designing. I mean, she's been doing this for a really, really long time. In 1970, I guess she took over in 1978, Muccia Prada, but she started to make these waterproof backpacks. Oh, my God, a Prada backpack um, in the 70s. Uh, out of this nylon nylon fabric that actually her grandfather, when he started it, was using it for his steamer trunks, which is very interesting and inventive. Like I, they had so many leather options in Italy. I'm surprised that she didn't pick a leather option. She met her business partner, Patrizio Bertelli, and then married him. So that was cool. 
But Muchia been, has been running this company since 1978, which which is amazing. The backpacks and totes came out in 1979. It took them a while for them to become Prada as Prada. They sold sort of like wholesale accounts in department stores and boutiques. They opened a big store in 1983. But the nylon tote and its expansion across Europe was, and, and New York was what really made it, along with finally doing shoes in 1984. But in 1985, Muccia Prada released the, quote, classic Prada handbag. It's, you know, classic nylon tote bag, classic nylon bag that that everyone became obsessed with because it was really useful. So Prada, yes, makes clothing. There's some really amazing, beautiful Prada clothing. But I don't think anyone... It's interesting. I, I feel like Prada clothing maybe skews a little older, but some of their stuff is very beautiful. I don't know, but I, I'm never really looking specifically for Prada clothing, though the one piece of Prada that I've been wanting for so long that they reissued, which <laughs> Sarah, you will laugh at, not that we wear shoes anymore and leave the house, um, is I guess it was in 2013, which was like the height of like certain like fashion bloggers and maximalism. They released these sandals with flames on the back. Oh, I remember um, this, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do. And, oh my God, I wanted those so bad. And then they reissued them. I found them in a consignment store for a very good price, but they were too big. And too big in the way they're like, it's a sandal, it's not going to happen. But so it's interesting. I mean, what they say about Prada is that they purposely tried to market, quote, its lack of prestigious apparel, appeal rather, including of its apparel by projecting an image of anti-status or inverse snobbery, uh, which... Well- I'm not I sure. don't think it's really. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure how how well they they captured that market because it's you know it's the same thing of people like clamoring to be like I want this thing I want this thing. You well, know? it's interesting because they well they were like well no like we're different we're different um, and I think that that marketing worked. They're like we're utilitarian we're nylon and something I can't believe I didn't know was that Miu Miu is is derivative of Prada. I can't believe I didn't know that. I feel very stupid. But Mew Mew. For, for, yeah, for anyone who's like, what's that mean? Derivative. Yes. So basically, it, it stands for, it's the nickname of Muccia Prada. They found, Prada created Mew Mew, which is a different fashion brand in the got 90s. It. Got it, got it, got it. Which I had no idea. And, and Mew Mew is still in existence. I would say, I feel like it's probably less of a global sensation than Prada is. But in in Paris and in other places like there's still I feel like a lot of Miu Miu boutiques it's very different from the other Prada lines which they you know say are quote unquote like anti you know out there except they are just in different ways but Miu Miu is like a lot more colorful a lot more print so it was sold back and forth and back and forth they're partially owned by LVMH which owns a lot of different luxury brands but something that I didn't know was that Prada purchased large parts of other fashion brands like helmet lang in 1999 they bought 51 percent of helmet oh, lang which okay. i didn't know yeah jill sander which i didn't know they owned a part of fendi uh and so anyway that's just sort of like the business piece of it but then they sold a lot of them off because a lot of these were operating at a deficit they're still carrying some of the fendi debt i guess fendi really screwed them but they are very well known not very well known. Let's talk about a fashion moment in 2009. Prada Spring Summer Ready to Wear Fashion Show made a lot of noise because the heels uh, in Milan, this was in Milan Fashion Week, the, the, like all the models fell. 
So if you're watching a fashion show and it's an entire section on the Wikipedia, if you're watching a fashion show and you know, you're watching the models walk down the runway and usually they're putting these girls in stuff that's hard to wear. They're models. They're walking coat hangers. Right. Like that's yeah. the point. Yeah. But they, they were all falling and it, the shoes were really, really high. It was very controversial because Muccia Prada blamed it on the socks that were in the shoes and said it was the socks fault. But like three girls fell. One girl just had to take the shoes off entirely. And as a result, the shoes just were never sold. But it was just really funny and controversial. Were, were, the, were the shoes supposed to be worn with socks? That's so kind of weird. Also, that's long been a fashion look, particularly of Miu Miu, but also Prada is like, I know what the look is. And if you either attempt this look or you don't, I feel like I've attempted it. It's not really <laughs> for me, though I've done it, but it's like a thing is to wear sure. like a cute sock with a heat with like a right, sandal right. heel. It's it's like it's an it's an aggressive fashion look. It is a fashion look. Um is it something I think you wear every day? No. But anyway, she blamed it on the socks and they said they were going to sew in the socks and then everyone was like, "Well, that doesn't make any fucking sense because that's disgusting because you can't how are you going to wash the socks?" And then they were like, "Oh, true." And so they just never got released. But what's funny is like <laughs> I mean, that one runway moment and then like, I guess the, I guess had, it's sort of like the Streisand effect, which if you don't know what the Streisand effect is, it's like Barbara Streisand, they were taking photos, aerial photos of her house in Malibu and she tried to get it shut down because she wanted the privacy. But then the story of her trying to shut down the privacy and get rid of these photos became huge. So the point is, is it something small that then gets blown up and is just like this huge thing. Had Muccia Prada just been like, oh yeah, the shoes were too high. Like I messed up. I feel like this would not be an entire section. And I do remember this like very well because it was like a whole thing because nothing is worse than your models falling over. Yeah. It's like, I mean, that's, that's bad. Yeah. Let's talk about Prada being a brand today. And it, it's true. It is making a comeback. As of in March 2018, Prada sales turned positive after declining since 2014, which I do think, I mean, they they are trying at sustainability. I don't know what that means. I need to get some of these like representatives of these labels to really talk to us about what that means, but they will be very, very careful about it. But Raph Simmons is a creative director. Raph Simmons has done a lot of things at Calvin Klein, at Jill Sander. He's very well known for like his minimalist stuff, but I do think we're looping around after the most recent explosion of Gucci, which had like bedazzled lions on everything. So that's the long history of Prada. But like, what does that mean for you? So Prada has reissued a lot of its very well-known, those teeny tiny little nylon handbags that people wore in the 2000s. And like some people had them and you as of the past like 10 15 years like you couldn't resell them for any money and now i've watched them all shoot up in price on ebay so if you're someone who happens to have a 90s or 2000s pretty good condition nylon zip prada bag sell that stuff on the internet because there are people and particularly gen z influencers clamoring to buy it they're like oh look at this old thing oh my god it's like so cool which i feel very old but um (laughs) But that's a thing. Prada backpacks like the, the, the best of the 90s and 2000s popular bags. It's interesting. Prada had very little resale value until quite recently. 
and certain bags, this is true of all the handbags we've talked about, where I'm mostly talking about handbags in this because that's, that's what most people are into when it comes to Prada. You can get the resale stuff for really good prices. Uh, if it's current, 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 like they've reissued some of the nylon bags and they have other like pockets and straps and stuff. That stuff is really, really expensive, which like, of course, I only want like the most recent one that's like $1,500. You can get a great secondhand Prada bag at many places for a couple hundred bucks tops. So actually, Sarah, it could be within your reach. The beginning of the company to where it is now, it is a respected brand. And it's not one that has really messed around with trends. I think that's why it has stuck around for so long, is that Prada doesn't really do trends. They like kill it with the nylon bags that they've literally been doing since the 70s when, you know, Muccia like took this nylon that was being made for other stuff and was like, I'm going to make handbags out of this and make this a thing. And they haven't really strayed from it, which I guess is a good lesson that if you like play the long game and are committed to quality and have a consistent like narrative and silhouette, like everything comes back again. But it's funny that like 90s style and 2000s style is such a thing. I mean, what is style right now? We're not leaving our homes. I was just in a friend's store, very lovely boutique called Who's Wear. If you're ever, you know, in D.C. or you can shop it on Farfetch. And they have like the most gorgeous things. It's one of the only places that I shop firsthand, truly. You know, they have all this beautiful stuff on sale. But I'm like, where am I going to wear any of this? Um, but I do think people are still somewhat using handbags, these new Prada bags, also because we're in a time where like we really need stuff to work that like get yourself a Prada backpack. I think I might have to go find a Prada backpack. <laughs> I think I want to I think I want a baby blue one. <laughs> this was the full circle, uh, you know, exercise here is Meredith's like, fine, I, I fine. I'm getting a Prada backpack. Let's do this in real time. So I have decided, it's interesting because I'm watching Prada bag prices spike. They're going up. So if you have Prada bags you do not use, sell them. Um, They are hot right now. So be sure to do that. If you're buying, don't buy the most coveted styles. Those are going to be the most expensive. But also with Prada, like you shouldn't be paying too much because it's nylon. It's not leather. You know, the craftsmanship is good, but it's, it's nylon. So be aware of that. Like, But Prada has some really beautiful leather bags. I should not poop on their leather bags, but those aren't as hot right now. So the prices on those are also really amazing. Um, I've noticed that like, unless it is, it is the absolute it bag. And I'm not sure there's another brand that has such a huge differential between like, what is the hottest bag? And then one that's not like, I feel like if you have the hottest of the hot Louis Vuitton bag, yeah, that's going to go for a lot. But another Louis Vuitton bag is still going to go for a bunch of money, which is interesting. I'm on Poshmark as one is. So interesting. These prices are so much higher than they were a couple of years ago. But here's one. Oh, this is cute. It's green. It's $225. Throw that a like. Oh my God, there's a hot pink one. Okay, I don't now it like this podcast doesn't need to be like literally me reading this out. But I am watching the prices are the prices are absolutely going up. Um, it's something to think about, as I said, if you have classic Prada back Prada shapes, backpack nylon bags those are becoming a thing again so you should sell them if anyone wants to sell me theirs if you have a baby blue like i'm really gonna go hard into the 2000s late 90s if you have a baby blue one i'd really like that however a word of warning about prada nylon it's hard to clean you can clean it more than any other kind of bag but 
if you have that baby blue one and it has a scratch on it, I mean, sell it to me for less. But what's interesting is, so they, they have, they have reissued all these bags and I'm looking at one of the reissues right now and that's like $2,300. So it's a pretty amazing, amazing differential. But now I've literally just talked myself into a Prada backpack. Fuck. You can find us online at ingopodcast.com. There you will learn more about me, your host, Meredith Feynman, my producer, and bestie in the Westie, Sarah Lane. Links to everything. Email us, hello at ingopodcast.com. I love getting your emails. You can slide to the DMs at ingopodcast, which is so fun. I love the questions you ask. We'll do a frequently asked questions. I love you showing me all the things you get. It brings me deep, deep joy. So we're at ingopodcast on Twitter and Instagram. Everybody stay safe. Stay sane to the extent that you can. Maybe we should all send each other treats or something so that we can support the postal service. Black Lives Matter. Please register to vote and we'll talk to you soon. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com.